So glad to see all of you here tonight, and uh, just been really a blessing uh, to me to get to know many of you, and of course to see what uh, and how the Lord is using Brother Lovins and Mrs. Lovins, and uh, just thank, thankful for it. And I got saved when I was 15 years old, but I got uh, I started riding a Sunday school bus when I was about nine years old, and uh, I did not come from a home that lacked love. My mom and dad were very loving and caring for us, and my dad was a tremendous provider, but there was just something about a bus captain's love that just uh, did something in my heart as a nine-year-old boy, and uh, God prepared my heart, really, through those years, and then I got my salvation nailed down at 15, answered the call to preach, and the Lord uh, called me into evangelism, and uh, just been a wonderful life. I just got to pinch myself, really, because I can't believe I get to do everything that I get to do. It's just absolutely amazing to me. I, I don't even know why. There's just no way to even explain really uh, what I've got to do and, and what God has done in my life. I just, uh, just amazing. And He is really good. God is a good God. And uh, precious, precious thought. Just hope you'll meditate upon it. Sometimes a song will just kind of... Uh, take a lead in a meeting like this and God will use it throughout the week and who knows maybe just uh, thinking about the goodness of God amen Amen. we know that it leads us to repentance amen and the goodness of God so thank the Lord for it if you have your Bibles look with me to the book of John we're going to look at the 13th chapter of the book of John John chapter 13 And I want to begin reading with verse number 18. We're going to just kind of keep things moving along, so just remain seated, and we're going to read this and and get going here in the service. John chapter 13, and we're going to pick it up in verse number 18. Listen very carefully as I read the verses to you. He says, uh, John 13, verse 18, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the Scriptures may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Then he says in verse number 21, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask, Who is it, who, who it, who it should be of whom he spake? He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, Who is it? And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. And then said Jesus unto him, "That that That thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Now, if you're familiar with the passage, you know that Jesus is prophesying about his betrayal. It's all about Judas. Judas is the one that kissed the door to heaven, and went to hell. And, and Jesus was telling his disciples, this is going to happen. And he says, and in, in look at verse number, verse number 19, it gives us the intent on what Jesus really wanted. He was saying something because he wanted his disciples to get something very, very serious. Look at verse number 19 again. This is what Jesus said, now I tell you before it comes, So in other words, he's saying, I'm going to tell you something that is going to happen before it happens. 
And then he gives us the reason why. Look at verse number 19. Now I tell you before it come, that when it come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. So Jesus was really saying, I'm going to tell you something that's going to come to pass. So when it come to pass, you're going to believe. That's what he was saying. And in this context of scripture, this is all talking about uh, really Judas Iscariot betraying the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. So I'll introduce my title a little bit later on in the message. Let's go ahead and ask God's blessing and then we'll get moving along. Father, we come to you, Lord, tonight. We're so thankful and grateful for the blessings, Lord, that you've sent our way. We're so thankful for the wonderful fellowship that we've already enjoyed. Lord, the singing, our hearts have been blessed, and we're just so thankful for the leading and the moving of the Holy Ghost of God. We pray now, Lord, that you'll just bless the service. Lord, as I do my best to preach the word of God, we pray that, uh, Lord, you'd just touch us. You'd strengthen us, dear God, tonight. We need your touch. If there'd be one or more lost, we pray that you'd save them. We pray for the backslider. Lord God, we pray for those that have got hidden sin in their lives or just need, Father, just a reviving, Father, of obedience. We just pray, Lord, to that end. Please now, we look to you now for strength and revival and for help and uh, for blessing, and we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus, amen. The verses that we're looking at here in John chapter number 13, these verses lay out a very strong proof of the Lord's deity. You see, no one but the omniscient God can foretell of things before they come to pass. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was telling them something that was going to happen before it happened so that they would have greater belief that their faith would become stronger. In the context of scripture here in John chapter 13, it is a prediction that the Lord makes concerning one of the 12 that will betray him. He says, now I tell you before it come that when it come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. So the prediction that the Lord Jesus Christ makes of himself and the fulfillment of it are intended to bring about belief in the hearts of his followers. Now the word believe in the book of John alone is mentioned 52 times in 46 verses. The word believe. And uh, the word uh, believed is mentioned 27 times in 25 verses, and the word believeth is mentioned 17 times in, verse, in 14 verses. So Jesus is telling the disciples, I am going to tell you something that is going to come to pass, and you're going to see it come to pass. So when it comes to pass, ye might believe. Amen. That's what he's wanting them to understand. John chapter 20 and verse number 30, the Bible says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. Listen now, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of, the, of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus, in our text verse, the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes a prediction of his betrayal, and it is fulfilled in chapter number 18. Take your Bibles and look with me to John chapter 18, and we're going to pick it up in verse number 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book Kidron. There was a garden into which he entered and his disciples and Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus often, oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? 
And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also which betrayed him stood with them. As soon as he had said, had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which, which he spake of whom which thou gavest me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? So we see the fulfillment of what Jesus said was going to happen. Amen. The words of Jesus came true. He told the disciples, this is going to happen. It came true. So the future shall verify the Lord's words. And in, his re and in return, it's going to strengthen the disciples' faith. Look with me to John chapter 14, please. Here in John chapter number 14, the Lord gives at least five promises and three declarations. In, uh, he says in uh, be beginning the, the chapter there, chapter 14 of John, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Amen. So he is giving a promise of heaven. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. In verse number 10 of chapter 14, Jesus declares his deity. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And then in verse number 13, he gives a promise of prayer. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In verse number 16, he gives the promise of the Spirit. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. In verse number 18, he gives the promise that he's never going to abandon his own. Amen. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's never going to abandon his children. Praise God. But then when we get to verse number 26 through verse number 29, the Lord Jesus Christ addresses the disciples with the promise of the Spirit when he departs from the earth and what he will teach the disciples. Look at verse number 28. The Lord declares his death. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away. Jesus is telling the disciples, I'm going to die. I'm going to be put to death. They didn't like the message. Simon Peter didn't like it. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Jesus had to go to the cross to provide redemption, salvation, forgiveness for us. And Jesus is telling them, Ye have heard how I said it unto you, I go away. And then immediately Jesus declares of his resurrection. And he says, And come again unto you. So Jesus is telling them, I am going to tell you what is going to come to pass. And when you see it come to pass, it is going to do something in your soul, in your heart. Look at verse number 29. The Lord Jesus speaks to the fulfillment of his predictions and what it was intended to bring about in the minds of his followers. Look at it, verse 29. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it come to pass, ye might believe. Jesus is saying, I am telling you what is going to happen, so when it happens, you are going to have belief. You're going to see it, and your faith is going to be strengthened. Look at John, John chapter 16 and verse number 1. In John chapter 16, verse 1, Jesus begins with the words, These things have I spoken unto you. So the Lord Jesus is, 
is informing his disciples concerning the world's hatred of them and that they can expect persecution and that the world will have little regard for their doctrine. Hey, well, let me tell you something. Things haven't changed. Amen. I'm telling you, an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing church is never going to be a popular thing. Amen. We're always going to be swimming upstream. New Testament Christianity has never been popular. Amen. We're always going against the grain. We're always fighting upstream there. This world is not our home. And he is telling his disciples about that. But in the latter part of the verse, in verse 16, he says that ye should not be offended. So the Lord Jesus did not want them to be discouraged because of the world's attitude towards them, all intended to prevent them from stumbling at them and falling because of them. Now I want you to look at chapter 16 and verse number 4. The Bible says here, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. All the way to the end of the chapter, the Lord Jesus is teaching and preparing his followers for persecution. And as we do today, as they come to pass, just as they said it, it's coming true. Amen. They said, the disciples, everything that Jesus said was going to happen, it's happening. And I'm sure in their way, they could just simply say, it is coming true. What Jesus said is coming true. Verses number 7 down to verse 15, Jesus teaches about the coming of the Holy Spirit and his ministry in the world and his ministry among believers. And then once again in John 16, 16, the Bible says, and Christ speaks of his death and resurrection, Jesus says to the disciples, a little while and ye shall not see me. So he says, he's telling his disciples, I'm going to die. They're going to put me to death. A little while and ye shall, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me because I go to my Father. What is he talking about? What is he saying to the disciples? He is telling them, I am going to be put to death. But he's telling them, but I'm not going to stay dead. He says to them, you're going to see me again. Now remember, Jesus is talking about what he intends prophecy to do in the hearts and minds of those people that are listening to him. He's saying, listen, these things, I'm telling you what's going to come to pass. So when it comes to pass, you might believe. And over and over and over again, Jesus is saying to them, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. They don't want to speak. They don't want to hear it. But Jesus said, I'm going to die. But he says to them, but I am going to come back. Amen. I'm going to come back. Oh, John 16, 22. And you now therefore have sorrow. Why do they have sorrow? Because Jesus is going to die. But he says, but I will see you again. How's that going to happen? The resurrection. And he says, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Amen. And I'm telling you, this was fulfilled in the 24th chapter of the book of Luke. Take your Bibles and look with me to Luke chapter number 24. Are you with me tonight? How about a good hearty amen? Stay with me now. Luke chapter 24. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 13. The Bible says in the passage here, and behold, two of them, remember Jesus had been crucified, all of this is taking place, and now he's been resurrected. There have been witnesses that have seen him. They went and told the disciples that Jesus is alive, and we're picking it up with these disciples on the road to Emmaus. And the Bible says, and behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, listen now, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now look at verse number 16. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye 
that you have one to another as you walk and are sad. Now listen, Jesus knows everything that's going on, but he's acting like he doesn't know what happened. Here these guys are on the road to Emmaus and they're so sad. And he says in verse number 18, and one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast not thou known the things which are come to pass in those days, in these days? And he said unto them, What things? Man, was that ever a setup, amen? So here these guys are on the road to Emmaus and Jesus appears before them and they're sad and he's saying, man, what's going on, guys? Why are you so sad? And he says, man, are you a stranger out here? Do you know what has just happened in the last three days? Man, I can't believe you don't know what's going on. And he says to them, what things are you talking about? Oh, man, he's about to tell them and they're about to find out, amen? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that he had been, that, 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 that I had been, that it had been he which should be redeemed, would redeem Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which went early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said, uh, uh, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And as they drew nigh unto the village, uh, the uh, village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. And, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, have you seen those words before? And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, and took bread, and blessed it, and brake, and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Oh, once again, the Lord Jesus Christ, remember he was speaking to the fulfillment of his predictions and it was uh, intended to bring about in the minds of his followers. So we see over and over and over again Really, the disciples, Jesus said, this is what's going to happen, and when it comes to happen, this is what it's intended to do in your heart that ye might believe. So you can imagine as Jesus was leading these people and they were witnessing all these things, and now his death and burial and his glorious resurrection, I'm sure that the disciples could literally say his words are coming true. Everything that Jesus said is coming true. What Jesus said was going to happen, happened. And may I say to you tonight, dear friend, the Bible is coming true, amen. And now, he says, and now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it come to pass, you might believe. And just as Jesus made a prediction to encourage belief in his followers, I am telling you tonight that Jesus has given us many predictions in the Holy Scriptures and, uh, and really and predictions in the Scriptures and, we're, and those of us that are living on the earth right now, we are able to see prophecies in development like no other generation has ever, been, has ever seen. I am telling you tonight, my friend, the Bible is coming true. Amen. And it shall come to pass. When those things come to pass, ye might believe. I'm telling you tonight, Jesus is coming. Folks, you better get ready. 
The Bible is coming true. I think a good, healthy, personal, contextual application for this passage of Scripture would be this. The purpose of prophecy coming true is to encourage the disciples, that's me and you, to believe that the Bible is true. Now, it is not difficult. It's not difficult to see that many things that the Bible talks about are coming to pass before our very eyes. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it come to pass, ye might believe. The phrase come to pass is mentioned 161 times in the Bible. And I am telling you tonight, it is a promise when Jesus says, and it shall come to pass, that means it is coming, it is going to happen, and it's going to be gone. And I'm telling you, friend, the Bible is coming true. There are many things that the Bible has predicted to happen that we see how they are going to happen that previous generations uh, could not have seen like we see today. I'm trying to say to you tonight, my friend, the Bible is coming true. It's coming to pass. And I'm asking you tonight, how does it affect you? What does it mean to you? Number one, the end time stage is being set. The advancement of a one world uh, uh, government cannot happen without a one world, uh, uh, the, the advancement of a one world cannot happen without a one world government and it's coming together as prophesied in Revelation chapter number 13, Revelations 15 and 16. We don't have the time to go into those passages, Daniel chapter 13, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 2, but the end time stage is being set and the advancement of a one world system is happening before our very eyes. The Agenda 2030 is a global initiative to bring uh, uh, the common population under one governance. They want to get involved in the popular sector, the strength of United Nations with the governments of the world. Uh, they're affecting the private sector with the World Economic Forum and they are forcing the environmental social governance score upon the businesses and the uh, corporations of the world and then the religious style. We are literally seeing a total restructuring of society. If you can't see it, it's because you don't want to see it. They are changing it before our very eyes. And God told us these things are coming. Amen. Oh, listen, technology is leading the way for many of these Bible predictions. It's just about every day in America you hear the term CBDC, which means a digital, a, a central bank digital currency. Listen, a digital currency can be programmed. Digital currency uh, listen, digital currency can be programmed not to be able to be spent 15 miles from your house. If they say, we don't like what you're buying, you're buying too much meat, you're giving too much money to your church, they can cut it off. The folks, I don't, I don't know how you can interpret that any other way, but what the Bible said to us that the Bible is coming true before our very eyes. The parody of climate change is the avenue to force and control the population and businesses to comply with their agenda. We have a president right now that says uh, so much about dropping the carbon to net zero. Do you know, my friend, that listen, that we have to have carbon, we have to have CO2 to exist? Do we have any farmers in this room tonight? Any farmers? Do we have it? Look at all these crops that I've been looking at. I can't believe there ain't a farmer here. Do we have any gardeners in here? Can I get, amen. Any people plant tomatoes? All right, there we go. Praise God. Well, do you know if you want those products to, to produce optimum, optimum, then you have to get them up to about 14 to 16 parts per million of CO2. There are ways that you can create if you have a greenhouse where you can create the optimum CO2 level in a greenhouse and those tomato plants, plants or pepper plants or cucumbers or squash or zucchini or whatever it is will, will, will produce three, sometimes four times the amount because the CO2 is needed for green plants to grow. Well, we're living in a time right now where they're telling us that CO2 is bad and they want to bring carbon emissions down to zero. 
Now you listen to me and listen to me well. If they bring carbon emissions down to zero, guess what? We're all going to die because we're not going to have anything to eat. And I'm telling you, listen, it is lie after lie after lie that's being told. Oh, listen, these things are happening all over the world. All of these issues can be seen in the Bible and they're positive signs that we're living in the last days. Amen? Oh, we can go on. I'm thinking about the great earthquakes that are taking place. Jesus predicted, and there will be great earthquakes in, in diverse places, amen, that we think about in the time of Genesis when the Bible says there's going to be a time of violence, as in the days of Noah. We know that there's going to be wars and commotions. Man, listen, it just breaks my heart. I've just about had it up to here to see all these thugs, all these brutes taking people and bashing them in the face and clobbering them on the head and kicking them in the head and, and kicking them in the stomach. I mean, the Jesus said it's going to be a time of violence in the world. Uh, it's going to be a time where there are wars uh, and commotions. Oh, listen, there's distress of nations. The nations of the world, they're all broke. God gave my wife and I and my daughter Angela and her husband a precious little baby a month ago. When little Mariah Joan Johnson was born into this world, she's got a price tag of about $80,000 of debt. The moment she came into this world, the nations of this world are in distress. They're all broke. And the Bible talks about the distress of nations and wars and commotions and immorality. Oh, likewise also as it was in the days of Noah. They did eat and drink and they bought and sold and planted and they builded uh, uh, the craze for pleasure in the last days. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, plow, proud and blasphemers. And on it goes. In the last days there's going to be dis uh, great distress and fear that Jesus warned about. And there should be signs of the sun and moon and stars. There's knowledge is going to increase. The prophetic book of Daniel declares, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Even today, the very people that designed uh, artificial intelligence are warning us about the dangers of artificial intelligence. They're telling us that it could literally threaten our very, our very existence today. What does that mean? What it means is the Bible is coming true. It's coming true, these things that we see taking place. Oh, listen, over and over and over again, listen, the end time stage is being set. Just what the Word of God said is going to happen, we see it happening before our very eyes. The second thing that proves this is the, the sinfulness of man is on full display. The Bible says in Luke 17, 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Oh, listen, the sinful of man is on absolute display. The Bible says in 1 John 4, or 1 Timothy 4, 1, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with the hot iron. Uh, and the Bible says, uh, uh, speaking lies in, in hypocrisy, speaking lies in, in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with the hot iron. And listen, every day, every day, if you watch any news or listen to any news, you know that people are lying to us. They're just bold-faced lying to us. They are just lying. And the Bible says in the last days, one of the notable characteristics is going to be speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The sinfulness of man is on full display. Jude verse 18 says, how that they, how the, that they told you there should be mockers in the last time uh, who should walk after their own ungodly lust." These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Oh, listen, the works of sin in the world are manifested in the actions of men and women all over the world. We see greed. Oh, just absolute, just filthy greed and murder and theft and adultery and pornography and human trafficking. Do you know that coming across the border, there are 82,000 children that are unaccounted for? 
Nobody knows where they're at. The Bible speaks about men stealing. It is a sin to steal a person. But we see it taking place today, do we not? Oh, listen, human trafficking, abortion, lying, extortion, rioting, looting, abuse, murder, and so much more. And the Word of God teaches that the wages of sin is death. And right now, there are 332 deaths every hour in America. 106 babies are murdered every hour in America. It's not uncommon to see healthy, young, strong athletes dying on the game field today. Just dying. But nobody's allowed to ask the question, did you get the vaccine? Nobody can ask that question. Somebody all of a sudden has blood clots and strokes and this is happening. These trim athletes just collapsing on the goal, on the playing field. But nobody's allowed to ask that question. Oh, I'm telling you, my friend, listen, we see the wickedness of man on full, full display. The head of an Indianapolis-based insurance company, One America, said the death rate is up a stunning 40% from pre-pandemic levels among working-age people, 18 to 49, and some people take it from 18 to 64. Just to give you an idea of how bad that is, a three-sigma or a one-in-200-year catastrophe would be a 10% increase over pre-pandemic said. He said so 40% is absolutely unheard of. Oh, listen, folks. What does this mean? I'm telling you what it means. It means that the Bible's coming true. It means what God told us in the Bible to come true and which shall come to pass ye might believe. God says I want you to believe that these things are happening because it believes. And the Bible, by the way, the Bible teaches an afterlife and it's either going to be heaven or hell. Hebrews 9, 17 says it's born unto men once to die and after this the judgment... It's going to be heaven for the redeemed, uh, according to Colossians 1.5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? Or it's going to be lost for those that are lost in sin. It'll be hell for those that are lost in sin. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. But I want you to see, number three, that God's answer to sin in the world is Jesus. Amen. God's answer to sin in the world is Jesus. Amen. And God's answer to sin in our life is Jesus. Amen. God the Father sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the savior of the world. And love is why God made a way for you to go to heaven because God loved you. Amen. Jesus paid the sin debt of the whole world, you included. But only the people who believe in his redemptive work on the cross will be saved from eternal judgment, saved from sin, hell, and judgment. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want you to think about that phrase tonight. Remember the phrase, come to pass? Remember, it's a promise. It's going to come to pass. So Jesus explicitly told his, uh, to, foretold of his death, of his resurrection, and of his ascension. He told of it. And of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, John 13, 19. Now I tell you before it come, that when it come to pass, you may believe that I am he. In John chapter 17, verse 20, we have a written prayer of the Lord. And Jesus in it, he prays for those in the future who will come to know him as personal Savior. He says, neither pray I for these alone. He says, I'm not just praying for these alone, the disciples at hand. He said, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Boy, isn't that absolutely wonderful, amen. You see, the truth is each and every one of us can be forgiven of our sins. We can be saved. You can know God through Jesus Christ and you can be absolutely sure that heaven is your eternal home. Amen. Now I want you to think with me now for a minute. One of these days, this event that I'm going to show you is going to take place. It's going to take place in heaven. Remember, and it shall come to pass that when it come to pass, you might believe. 
Well, take your Bibles and look with me to Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 9. This event is going to come to pass. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, the Bible says, And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Well, what were they doing? Well, look at verse number 10. He says, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Because as a 15-year-old teenage boy, I got on my knees and said, Lord, I'm not really sure I did what I needed to do when I was nine years old. All I know is that I don't know in my heart that I'm saved. And according to the Bible, you want me to know that I'm saved. And I don't have that assurance. So I am confessing you that I am a sinner, that I I know that I'm going to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I'm asking you to come into my heart, come into my life and be my Savior And I remember saying this especially to God. God, I want to know in my heart that I'm saved. And because of that act of faith, amen, and because of the grace of God being shed upon me, I am going to be a part of this event right here in Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9. I am going to be among this gigantic kindred, and I am going to cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne under the Lamb. Can you imagine all the kindred and tongues and nations of the world, the redeemed of God, standing and saying, Salvation to our God and to the Lamb. I am telling you, that event is going to come to pass. I am going to be among that number. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm a part of that. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be another event that's going to come to pass. And I'm asking you tonight, are you going to be a part of this one? Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. This is going to come to pass just as Revelation 7, 9. Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And I'm going to try to quote the next verses. And the sea got the dead edge which were in them. And death and hell delivered the dead which were in them. And then the Bible says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now I am telling you that event is going to take place. And if you have never been born again, if you have never been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you're going to stand before God in Revelation chapter 20, but you have a chance, amen, to make things, to change things and be in the group of Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Amen. Oh, it's true. And is it amazing that, that, that it tells us in Acts chapter, 20, chapter 2 verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it shall come to pass, there's a time when that's going to be over. And it shall come to pass, there's going to be a time when it's over. You're not going to have time to get saved uh, anymore. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. With sincere repentance and faith, you can be a part of this prophetic event. Amen. Pray and believe God. Amen. And be saved today. Oh, listen, what are you saying, Brother Oliver? What I'm saying is the Bible's coming true. Can there be any doubt that this generation is under assault by deceivers of every sort? The deception that's being perpetrated in government and politics today would would be more than enough to say that we are suffocating in lies and seduction and deception each and every hour? Will you believe that Jesus, the greatest of all prophets, as well as our creator of everything that is, began by forewarning of the deceivers that will mark the end of days? 
Do you understand that the Lord prophesied that when this prophetic indicator followed by many others he gave began to come on the scene, his coming will be very near indeed? What am I saying? I'm saying the Bible's coming true. Now staying within the book of John, and I'm not going to expound on these things. I'm just going to mention them. What do we do? Staying within the book of John, what do we do? Well, according to John 4.35, we have to lift up our eyes and look on the fields for they're white already to harvest. We've got to be involved in soul winning. We've got to be passing out gospel literature. We've got to be involved in getting out the gospel. Amen. Oh, listen, so many times I, I just think that we're just saying, God, show up, God, show up, and I think God is saying, how about you show up? Why don't you show up? Show up with your head in the game. Let's be serious about it. Oh, lift your eyes and look on the fields for they're white already to harvest. Here's another thing to consider from the book of John. John chapter 13, verse number 34 and 35, he says that you love one another. Look, I got enough enemies out there just because of what I preach and what I believe. I need those of like minds. And we just need to love each other. Amen. We don't need to be beating each other up and killing each other and chopping each other up. We need to love each other. Amen. Good night. Listen, all you got to do is just preach the word of God and you're going to get enemies. Amen. I'm not, I'm not out there trying to make them. I just, I just have them because I believe the Bible is the word of God. Well, we just need an old-fashioned revival of love with one another within the house of God and the family of God. How about John chapter 14, 14, staying with the book of John? What do we do about it? What do we do about it? He says, uh, keep the commandments. Just keep the commandments. Why do I have to be called a legalist? Because I just want to keep the commandments of Christ. Why do people have to brand me as being an illegalist and you're an extremist and you're a legalistic person there just because I want to, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Just keep the commandments of God. And the last thing, an application coming from the book of John, John chapter 15, verse 4, he says, abide in me and my words abide in you. Amen. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I firmly believe that I'd say probably anywhere from six months out, God has already convicted you about sin in your life, things that you're not doing or things that you're supposed to be doing, and you've been convicted about it. And you just need to respond to it. Whatever the Holy Ghost of God, you've been praying for revival, you've lifted up your voices, I promise you, God has already told you in your heart what you need to repent of. The Holy Ghost of God has already been at work. Amen. You have put enough prayer and time and meditation on this and your preacher has been speaking about it. The Holy Ghost of God has already told you. Amen. You know exactly what you're holding on to and what you need to repent of. And I'm saying it's time to repent because we are running out of time. The Bible is coming true. Just the next time that God gives you the opportunity, just look at somebody while you're getting gas in your tank. And you just look at them and say, hey, have you ever thought about what's going on if the Bible's coming true? And watch them. Yeah. Amen. I'm telling you, it convicts to the very core. Jesus is speaking to the predict. He knows what it's intended to bring upon the minds of the people. I'm telling you what's going to come to pass. So when it comes to pass, you might believe. Do you know all of these things that are happening around us? Everybody just senses that something huge is on the horizon. Well, have you ever thought that the Bible's coming true? Yeah. I'm telling you, it stuns them. Amen. It stuns them. So whatever it is that God is speaking to your heart about, respond to it. Let's get involved in it. Amen. Amen. Let's do what we can.
You know, I, I hit I had 62 in January. I hit 62. In a, so many ways with everything that really the Lord has put on my plate right now, I, in, in some ways I feel like I'm just getting started. I have got so many things going on. and I'm not excited. I'm not, I'm not griping about it. I love it. Pray for my wife. Amen. I drive her crazy. Amen. But I really, be, I really believe that we're just running out of time. It's really, it's just kind of like, hey, heaven bound with the hammer down, let's get it done, amen? Because the Bible is coming true. Can you see it? The Bible's coming true. What event are you going to be at? Oh, I know this is primarily church crowd, I think, that I'm preaching to, but there could be somebody who's religious but lost. And believe me, listen, I'm not one of those, I don't come in trying to get all the members saved, Amen. I'll let the Holy Ghost do that, all right? And believe me, he's done that before, amen? Really, it's happened before, but I don't go in trying to do it. But if you're here and you're not saved, time to get saved. You're running out of time. If you're on the sidelines, let's get in, amen? Oh, listen, we just gotta, we just running out of time. The Bible's coming true. Let's get the job done. How many, I'm gonna ask you some questions. Be honest now, okay? Be honest. How many think it's, it's good to tell the truth? How many think you ought to really tell the truth in church? Amen. Amen. So how many would say, Brother Oliver, I'm saved and I know I'm saved. I can go back to a time and place where I know I got born again. I know I'm going to be at that Revelation 7-9 event. Amen. Praise in the name of God. You know it for sure. Amen. All right, how about on the count of three, a good hearty amen. One, two, three. Oh, that's about Southern Baptist level. Come on now, let's get with it. If you're really happy to be saved, how about a good hearty amen? One, two, three. Amen. That's what I'm talking about, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. How many say, preacher, not only have I been saved, but I've been saved and baptized, and I got baptized after salvation. Amen. To be amen. obedient to the Lord, saved and baptized. Isn't that good? Yeah. I got saved on, on June the 19th. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be my spiritual birthday. I got born again. Amen, and uh, never been the same since, praise God. That's my spiritual birthday, got born again, got baptized on the same night. I just knew that if I, the Lord came back that night, I wasn't going to heaven dry cleaned only, amen. I was going to heaven saved and baptized, praise God. Now, I don't know if you're here tonight, you're lost. The Holy Ghost will tell you if you're lost or saved. Some of you, you might be telling yourself you're saved, but you need to let the Holy Ghost tell you you're saved. I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm just copying. I heard Lester Roll. I've said it on the radio station, amen. But I think it's true. The Holy Ghost will tell you if you're saved or lost, amen. He'll tell you, amen. When he tells you you're lost, time to get saved. And then let's think about it. And what are those things that God has already spoken to you about that you just need to act in faith? Let's stand together, shall we? Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Thank you so much for listening so well. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I wonder whether there be anybody here tonight who would say, Preacher, would you pray for me? I'm not even a Christian.